the children of the Force. Welcome to episode 32 of Children of the Force, a podcast about Star Wars by one adult and his two kids. I'm Al Nowatsky, the adult. I'm Anna, and I'm nine. I'm Liam, and I'm seven. All right, well, here we are, episode 32, and we just watched episode seven. Seven. Right? Mm-hmm. Star no, Wars we just episode listened seven. to episode seven. The Force Awakens. What? <laughs> we just listened to episode seven, because we did listen to episode seven. We did listen to but it we and also watch watched it. it. That's right. We saw it again on Sunday at the uh, Cheap Seats Theater in Minneapolis called The Riverview, which uh, is a really great theater, actually. So usually when people think Cheap Seats, when they talk about Cheap Seats, they're talking about kind of a, a dingy old theater and... Really, you know, not that good of a screen and stuff. But this is a like a historic theater, you guys. This has been there for a long time, and it's kept up really well. And but they also so in addition to it being really old, the theater, uh, they have the newest like a new digital projector and a really good sound system, like a digital sound system. And so like it's it's a high quality movie experience in a really old movie theater. Which I think we're really lucky to have something like that so close to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was lines out the door. I mean, we got there just in time and we, we were in the lobby. But the line was going out the door and going down the block. And the theater was packed. Do you know, How many seats do you think are in that theater, Liam? 100? 700 seats in that theater. I was about to say like 200. Yeah, that's like a seven 700 seats in that theater that we went in. Yeah, that's a 700. No, there's not. Yes, there is. There's only 100. No, there are 700 seats. Oh my gosh! That's a 700 seat it theater. It seems like 100. It seems oh. like 200. Yeah, no, it's a big theater, and I would say what it was. Heck? It was everything in front of us was completely packed. Behind us, maybe not quite as packed. I'd say what 80 percent full. That's a lot of people. I mean, this movie has been out for a very My long time. Not sound 90. You think 90? 90. Yeah, maybe. There's only like two people that weren't there. Two seats that were open, you mean? Yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think there's a balcony even, you guys. Did you know that? There's like a place where you can sit up higher. And I think that we one... We should really go. Yeah, maybe we, we should, can go up there we when we go to uh, the next movie there. No, we should go... For the Force Awakens. Oh, <laughs> we should go to the Force Awakens again there? Yeah, we might actually. Oh, we'll man, see. If we do, I, I want to go up there. Yeah. No one in my face. Oh. No one in my face. Yeah. Yes. That, that was damn annoying. Perfect. I was having to lean close to Daddy, so I yeah. could see you. I needed to lean close to Ian. I was like, that's right and oh that brings up a good point we went with our our friend ian and his moms and there ian listens to the podcast uh we played a voicemail from him on our pre-tfa q a extravaganza and ian's mom two moms Mm -hmm. um go to book club with our mom oh that's right actually i think it's just just one but yeah just one oh yeah so but anyway uh it was really cool to go to it with them and to hear, you know, Ian's excitement about seeing it again and everything. And uh, it, it was, was also his fourth time. His fourth time. It was your kid's fourth time. It was my fifth time. Uh, it was uh, your mom's th- uh, third time. Yeah. So yeah, it was it was pretty cool. And I think most of the people in that theater probably have seen it before, right? Do you think? Mm-hmm. But there was tons of applause. It was like opening night. I know. It was crazy. There was so much applause. More than opening night. Like, opening night, there was a few hoots here and there. But yeah. this was like, like applause. Like, ah! Yeah. yeah. Force Awakens comes and everything. Right. Yeah. So so we tried to remember all the different times people clapped. And we thought it was nine. I think maybe it's ten now that I think about it. Um, but I wrote them all down with your guys' help. Thank you. Uh, it's kind of hard to remember, but here we go. Let's, let's go through them. So we're going to, we're going to read through all these, uh, times that people clapped and we'll take turns. Anna, the first big clap was, of course. The, when stars popped up on the screen. Of course, with Star Wars. Da-dun, da-da-dun, right? I mean, you can't Everyone help but clap like, then. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the next time was when Ray says the garbage will do. And of course it's the Falcon. 
and people just erupted in applause because it's the Falcon. Yes, we get to see the Falcon again. And uh, and the next applause was Liam defeating the je- the second tie on Jakku. Right after the big Falcon chase, which I mean, after that chase, who? How couldn't you clap? How couldn't you be so happy that they, you know, blew up that second tie? Uh, so cool. Anna, what was the next one? Um, it was when Han and Chewie entered the Falcon. Everyone just like burst into applause. Even at the start of like Chewie, we could barely, I could barely hear Chewie, and then it was like. We're home, and I was like, wow, that was a big round of applause. <laughs> that was. That was. They clapped over the Chewie were home, but that's okay. We've seen it. We've seen it before. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next time was when they, when Han looks and sees the X-Wings coming and says, it's the Resistance. People were just so happy that the Resistance was there. I was just like, I could not believe that got an applause, but of course. It was just so cool. Like, people were so happy to see this movie again, I, I assume. I love the Resistance, like, the Resistance song. Yeah, yeah. It's so awesome. Yes, actually, that brings up a good point. Uh, I, I just realized today that I think that might be my favorite song from this new soundtrack. What? Which really surprises me. I really like it. The Resist- March of the Resistance. Anyway, so when I first heard that song, I thought, oh, that sounds a lot like the Trade Federation song. Same with me. I was like, and, and I was a little bit disappointed, right? And how similar it seemed. But now when I hear it, I don't hear the Trade Federation song I at all. I hear re- Rebels. The Resistance. <laughs> right, exactly. So... You know, at first I thought it was like Ray's theme would be my 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 favorite, and it's still I love it so I much. I really liked Kylo Ren's theme and the Jedi steps too, and uh, yeah, this this soundtrack has really grown on us, I think, and I'm I'm just really surprised that that's the one that I'm whistling all the time is March of Resist March of the Resistance, right? And it it surprises me because I didn't think that would be my favorite, but it it's the one I'm always humming. So Liam, after the applause from It's the Resistance, what was the next one? Leia's first appearance. Leia's first appearance, that's right. Yay, uh, it's Leia. I love when Chewie and Leia give that big hug. Yeah, that's really So nice. cute. And Chewie kind of looks at Han after the hug like, this is what you should be doing? <laughs> I didn't see that. Oh, really? Yeah, he kind of gives Han a little look. Like, come on, man. Hug her. <laughs> and, and so then Leia appeared and, yeah, applause. And then Anna, what was the next one? R2's first appearance. Right, then R2 showed up and there was applause. And so you get you kids are too young to remember or you never really have seen sitcoms where, um, so back in like the 80s and the 70s, 1980s, 1970s, back in the, the Stone Ages, a lot of sitcoms, like, you know, comedies, uh, whenever a character would come on screen for the first time, in, just in that episode, it'd be like the main character, right? But they'd, they'd walk onto the screen and the audience, because a lot of times there was a live studio audience watching this television show, right? Mm-hmm. They would clap because it was the first time they've seen this person. When, when they were watching the, you know, the, the shooting of this, of this episode, right? Or the movie. Well, there's not, there's not, Saga. there's not clapping during movies. I'm saying, so like you watch a TV show and sometimes you'll hear people, you'll hear the audience laughing and oh, clapping oh yeah. during the TV show, right? Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> and you guys really haven't watched that many sitcoms, so you don't have too much of a frame of reference. But I felt like we were watching a sitcom, you know, like the first time we see Leia, we clap. The first time we see R2, yay, there's R2. It was really, it was really interesting. So what's the next time after R2's first appearance? Uh, it is when I think, and this is one that we missed when we were listening to them, I think it's when Ray forces the lightsaber into her hand, right? Yeah, I think so. Yep, that was an applause because, really yes, Ray takes the lightsaber. And then after that... Everyone applauded when? Defeating Kylo Ren. Yep. <laughs> yep. The big face slash when Kylo Ren's down on the ground. People were so happy for Ray. And, of course, the final applause was... was the, the end. end. So, which, you know, uh, actually, we've been to many movies at the Riverview Theater. And there's almost always applause at the end. That's just something people do at that theater, which is really interesting to me. I mean, Despicable Me 2, people clapped at the end. You know, we, the very first movie you ever went to in a movie theater, Liam, which was uh, the Winnie the Pooh movie. 
Oh, I think I think people I clapped at the end. end. Yeah, yeah. You don't remember? It was a long time I ago. I think I went to that. <laughs> I do not think they would clap for that. No offense, yeah. people. Oh, it was a great movie. It was I a really know. good movie for little kids. I, I like it. I like yeah. it. And I was a little kid. Now yeah. I'm a big kid, and it's not my favorite movie. <laughs> That's you okay. You we should watch it again. Uh, did you so, like it, Daddy? I did. I did. Like it it reminded me of, of the old Winnie the Pooh, which um, I like. Speaking of Winnie the Pooh, there's we're going to be talking about Winnie the Pooh later in this episode. I just realized that. We are? Weird. Anyway, so Liam, after uh, after watching The Force Awakens this time, you said that you have a new favorite character. Can you tell us who that is and why? Poe Dameron. I yeah. love Poe Dameron. He's so silly and he just, he's so nice. He sacrifices himself for a droid. Yeah. He's just so nice. Do you mean like when he puts the plans in, in BB-8 and tells him to go away? Yeah. Yeah, that's I don't, And I also, love, I, was, I, I also love this part. So, who's going to talk first? You or me? Yeah. Hey, who's going to talk first? You going to talk first? I can talk first? Yeah. I, I can't really tell what you're saying with the helmet on, you know? <laughs> no, I can't really tell what you're saying with the take him away. With and then the, he says, you know, apparatus. What's <laughs> all apparatus? the All the apparatus, just all the stuff on your face. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Poe. That's interesting. Anna, did you kind of rethink the character of Poe also? Yeah, the first time I watched a movie, and maybe even the second time, I didn't even really like Poe, but now hmm. I kind of like him much better, because yeah. he is an awesome character, in yeah. my opinion. I still like Ray Best. Mm-hmm. But I like Poe a lot more. Yeah, yeah. I think um, I'm kind of with you. I still like Ray best. But uh, I have been thinking about Finn a little bit more. Uh, and I think one of the first things I said after we first saw the movie for the very first time was that everything that Finn said was just awesome. Like, I just loved everything he did. Um, but I realized watching this movie again that the movie is really serious until Finn starts to break Poe out, right? Once they start their escape, then there's there's a lot of comedy. I mean, there's that little bit that, Liam, you were talking about where, where Poe says, you know, who talks first? You talk first, I talk first, right? But once Finn gets Poe, the laughs keep coming and coming and coming, and, and much of them are from Finn. But then after that point, we see, you know, things from Ray and uh, Han and Chewie that are really funny, too. So so really, the, the movie gets funny kind of once Finn starts really playing a major role in the movie. Um, and I just, I love that. Um, really, really love Finn. I love that Finn is, is, um, he's had a real traumatic childhood. I mean, uh, you know, I'm going to hold that thought because you're both raising your hands and I don't want you to forget your points. I think I can remember mine. Uh, I believe Anna, you had your hand up first. <laughs> I feel like a classroom teacher. Yes, Anna? Um, <laughs> Well, you are a classroom teacher. Mm, not that kind. <laughs> okay, um, well, I thought that maybe if you've ever watched Avatar, that Finn is kind of like the Sokka. Oh, yeah. He's the funny dude. <laughs> the <laughs> funny dude. Anna, I like that. I like that uh, That comparison. Yeah, Finn is the Sokka of Star Wars. Love it. Yes, Liam? I thought it was all some mumbo-jumbo. <laughs> <laughs> you thought it was all mumbo-jumbo until, but then you realized it was all real? All of it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a bunch of mumbo jumbo. <laughs> okay, that, uh, that uh, kind of sounds like Batman. <laughs> no, yeah, that does sound yeah. like Batman. It's a bunch of mumbo yeah. jumbo. I only I build know. my falcon in black pieces and sometimes dark, dark gray. No, no, I only work in black <laughs> and sometimes very, no, I know, very, very dark gray. <laughs> yes, true. Okay, but so we see Finn, back to my point, and, and both very good points, um, Anna, I loved your point about Sokka, and Liam, your point about um, Mumbo Jumbo was just fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Anna, yes? Um, well, I was, I was wondering, because Snape and Kylo Ren kind of look similar, does Adam Driver play Snape? Oh, no, remember oh, no, Snape no, is Alan Rickman. He yep, died, I remember? forgot. I forgot. Yeah, he died, yeah. But yeah. He, they look kind of similar. Like, when I tried to mm. picture Kylo Ren, I kind of picture Snape. Oh, that's and interesting. Yeah, they, they both have the, the long the dark, black hair yeah. and the kind of 
the the face smarmy face kind of yeah yeah that's 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 true um hmm interesting so so back to finn back to my point i was going to make uh, but but that's a good comparison, Anna, again. And and we've actually compared Kylo Ren to Snape in the past. We have? We've talked about maybe, about whether or not he is a Snape-like oh. character. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, in the way, a, and maybe he... Not to spoil any story. We, all we can say is maybe he would play a similar role that Snape plays in Harry Potter. We don't need to say more than that. Right. So people who've read that know what we're talking about. I don't think that's the case, but I think it'd be really interesting if they went that way. Anyway, so Finn... You know, he's had a really, uh, you know, not a good childhood, not a good upbringing, you know, like growing up in a military has got to be pretty traumatic. Um, and I just really like that he's, you know, you see him reject what he's known his whole life, right? And I think this is something that most people, uh, you know, my age or most adults can identify with. Usually we grow up thinking a certain way. And maybe once, maybe, maybe we realize that the thing that we've been a part of or the thing that we've been doing, um, is, is not good and we have to change and that's really hard to do. And when we first change, our first instinct might be to like, if you smoked, right. And you realize you shouldn't be smoking or something like that. Right. A lot of people grow up, um, you know, believing something and, and their family, their whole family believes that thing too. But then when they get older, they realize like, Oh, this is maybe not the best thing. Maybe it's hurtful to other people to even believe this. Right. So you, you change, but then, you know, you're a traitor basically, according to the people you came from. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, I think that's why the, the character of Finn really resonates with a lot of people is, is that, you know, you can, we can identify with him uh, making choices different from how we, ra how we were raised, you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, and first he's, he wants to run away. You want to kind of just ignore it. Right. And not confront that place that you came from. But then eventually he realizes that that place he came from and those, those people he came from, they're actually hurting the people he cares about now. So instead of running now, he has to fight them. Like Ma said, right? You know, and I'm talking, I'm speaking pretty general here, you know, not, not given any specifics or anything like that. But I think, I think a lot of adults, a lot of, you know, people who are over 20 years old, generally speaking, can really identify with that. So, so is this a really great experience going to see that movie again? I'm so glad that we went to it in the theater again. And it might be the last time we see it in the theater because the Blu-ray is coming out in, as we record this, eight days. Eight days until the Blu-ray comes out. I, I want to do it in the theater again. I want to see it in the theater again. I want to see it in the theater again. <laughs> well, oh, it's awesome experience in the theater. Next time we go, I want to get in those riser seats. Or oh, on the balcony, yeah. Yeah, the balcony. Or we could just sit up closer. Can you do that without like having to pay more money? Oh yeah, yeah. So there's this article. Moving on. Uh, our Star Wars-y stuff segment, by the way, this episode is going to be the most of the episode because there's not a ton of news and I just, there's these things I wanted to talk about with you. Well, first of all, seeing the movie brings up all these questions again, all these things we want to talk about again, right? And, uh, and speak, and, and since we're talking about The Force Awakens, I want to get back to this article I've been meaning to read with you guys called Resistance, Caring, and Masculinity. The feminist message of the dudes in the Force Awakens, and this is what by Kate. Heck? Yeah, this is by Kate Benian, uh, who writes for the Mary Sue, or at least wrote this piece for the Mary Sue, which is a website. So, do you guys know what masculinity means? It doesn't mean like, like man, like man people. Yeah, like manliness, kind of. Yeah, right. Like, like and a lot of times, stuff. Yeah, and a lot of times masculinity you know, people have this weird notion of what it is, right? Like to be a man, you have to not care what women think, you know, like that kind of stuff, which is horrible. Um, and that would be called toxic masculinity, right? Like it's not good for you, that type of masculinity. But in this article, they, they use the word masculinity and they put mask in quotes, like the mask that we wear, right? Like Kylo Ren wears a mask. Mm -hmm. And different people wear different masks metaphorically, masculinity. right? Masculinity. Masculinity, right. So, so I wanted to just kind of break down this article with you guys over the next few episodes of Children of the Force. Because I think it's a really good... Did I say episode? 
I meant article. I don't know if I said episode or not, but it feels like I said episode. Um, so, so we're going to start with the beginning, and I'm just going to read it out and uh, stop me if you want to talk about it or if you don't understand anything, because I think it's a really great, great article. So she starts off, first of all, in the intro saying how, you know, really happy she was that about all the great female characters in the movie. And, uh, of course, you know, we got Phasma and Rey and Leia, and, and um, you know, there's also... Uh, like Mas the very Mascanada and then Dasha Promenti, right? The, Dasha the, Promenti. the very first woman you see on screen with a blaster uh, when, when the stormtroopers are coming to the uh, sacred village, right? Oh, yeah. Her. Oh, yeah. Her. Yeah. Um, so just things like that. And there's just tons of women in the background. You see women pilots. You got Jess Pava, right? You got um, that person, Carrie um, Fisher's daughter who plays someone in the resistance you have another woman in the resistance oh, was, who was she the person who um i really like that woman pilot that was flying with poe and the other yeah that's people. jess pava oh she's awesome yep. she, lo- yep. she looks awesome i think she's gonna be in the poe comic which oh, is pretty cool she's yeah gonna be yeah awesome. i'm looking forward to it so so then she says um you know that, that that's great but then also that the men in the movie are also great and feminist like these men are are you know, respectful and toward women and, and equal. Right. Mm -hmm. So she starts out with Poe and given Anna and Liam, your rethinking of Poe after seeing the force awakens again. And Liam Poe is your favorite character. Now, uh, I think it's appropriate. That's, that's where we start also. So we're going to start with Poe and I'm just going to read what she has to say. So she says, let's break it down. Poe for starters. He's our star resistance pilot, bold, handsome, Oscar Isaac. I mean, and skilled. In another movie, his character could have embodied Top Gun masculinity. Cocky, smarmy, hothead, womanizing, self-centered, and aggressive. Instead, Poe is none of the above. Within minutes of his introduction, we watch Poe get captured, beaten, tortured, and then rescued. And throughout, he remains his capable, slightly cheeky... Cheeky means like, you know... He kind of is going to makes fun of Kylo a little bit, you know, yeah. uh, slightly cheeky self. Instead of being insecure or defensive about suffering these indignities, he meets Finn, his rescuer, with acceptance and respect. Where another character might have been suspicious or competitive, Poe is cooperative and kind. Later, at Resistance headquarters, Poe is incredibly open with his emotions, loyal and affectionate toward his droid BB-8, then embracing Finn with literal open arms and promptly giving him his jacket. <laughs> That's my jacket. No, I keep it. It looks good on you. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Poe shows unabashed delight at the survival of his friends, both old and new. He calls them both buddy unironically, right? That means he means it. He calls him buddy because he means it. He gives Finn full credit for completing his mission and seems genuinely pleased at his success, where in another film, a male hero might have been threatened or jealous by another man having his success, right? Yeah. And then it also says, Poe is clearly an impressive pilot, but he doesn't draw attention to himself unnecessarily. In the attack on the Starkiller base, he doesn't do anything stupid or show-offy or selfish, and instead remains a thoughtful, kind leader. There's no posturing for power, no ego stroking, nothing to prove. Poe Dameron is a far cry from the hotshot male heroes of days past. And, unfortunately, present. So, what do you guys think about that? I think she has a lot of good things to say about it. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, reading that makes me love Poe even more. I know, same with me. (laughs) Right? He could be, you know, basically what what I read when I read that is, Poe could have been... A New Hope Han Solo. <laughs> but he, he wasn't. He wasn't a jerk. <laughs> no, he wasn't someone who... <laughs> Han's a big jerk. So, yeah. I mean, no offense to Han. But he you know, was kind of God one bless his soul. In, <laughs> he was kind of one in, um, 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 you know... Yeah. Uh, in, in Empire. And, uh, and, and A New Hope. <laughs> and mostly in A New Hope. Yeah. So, and the first half of Empire, really, yeah. too. So, okay, so next week I'm going to read what Benian wrote about Han Solo. Old Han Solo. Which, you know, might surprise you, right? Old yeah. Han Solo is not young Han Solo, is he? Now, uh, you listening here, uh, you could read this article for yourself over on the Mary Sue. And as always, I'll link to it in the show guide for this episode over on our website, childrenoftheforce.com. So, 
That is honestly like that's a lot of the Force Awakens stuff, and you know it's been a while since we've just sat down and really talked a lot about the Force Awakens, and uh, you know with the Blu-ray coming out, I think we'll be doing that a little bit more, which is pretty awesome. Uh, but some other Star Wars stuff we've been up to, Liam, you lost a tooth recently, which yeah. always gives the Tooth Fairy a perfect opportunity to uh, give you Star Wars training cards and. Um, <laughs> and, uh, in addition to that, I drew something and, uh, put it under your pillow. It was the day before Easter. So you, you got your tooth fairy gift on Easter morning. So I drew Grievous with the Easter bunny's head. Oh, and what did he say? He said, your tooth will make a fine addition to my collection. <laughs> yeah, so I was pretty proud of that Grievous drawing, too. I'm not, I'm not much of a drawer, it but really it turned is. out pretty yeah, good. Yeah, turned out pretty really good. good. Yeah, and, and now, Liam, you're copying that drawing, aren't you? Yeah. And, but you're not going to put the bunny head on it. I'm going to put Grievous's You're going to put Grievous's head on it, so you need me to pull up Grievous's head on my phone probably after yeah. we're done recording, huh? Yeah. Yeah, while I make supper, you can draw Grievous's head. Deal? All right. Yeah. So next week is our spring break. So I think we'll be taking the week off of podcasting, although there's a chance we're going to want to record a quick reaction core once we watch the finale to Rebels. But when we come back after spring break, we're going to have a lot more to talk about because of the Blu-ray release. There's going to be deleted scenes. There's going to be other stuff. It's going to be awesome. I cannot wait to see all that stuff. But let's uh, check what's in our listener mailbag here. I'm going to rustle around in there. Oh, hey, I found an email in the bag. Uh, and it's Nick again from London. Uh, he writes, I've got a crazy Snoke theory. <laughs> we love those. Snoke is a clone. What? That's right. a good theory, actually. Oh. That's actually a good theory. <laughs> All right, here's what he says. I, li I like this. It's fun. Uh, this would make sense, as if you remember, Snoke says that he saw the rise and fall of the Empire. That would make sense. During the Clone Wars, Snoke would have seen the strength of Anakin Skywalker. And if he was Force-sensitive, so if, if, if Snoke the clone was Force-sensitive, he would have seen the hate inside Anakin also. Then, against his own will, he would have had to kill mass amounts of Jedi, which would have given him some kind of anger within him, which would have empowered him to kill off some of the Empire once he joined them as a Stormtrooper. So a stormtrooper killing off some of the Empire, I guess. So And that would give him more hatred. He could have actually seen the construction of Darth Vader in the surgery. Hmm. Then he would have seen the rise of Vader and the Inquisitors. And finally, he would have been upgraded to an Imperial Guard. And he would have seen the duel between Luke and Vader on the second Death Star. Thus no. he saw... I don't know how that could happen because... Because the Emperor said, leave us. Guards, leave us. That's right. <laughs> he does say that, yes. doesn't he? he so, I think maybe one of the guards is peeking over the railing. Like, oh, oh you see that? Gary, come over here. Take a look at this. Gary, come over here. Take a look at this. <laughs> Gary, come over. Take a look oh, at this. Oh, you're never going to believe this. The chance <laughs> the Emperor has lightning coming out of his hands. And this is crazy. So cool. This is epic. It's like lightsaber clash. Gary, <laughs> Gary, Gary, come here. <laughs> Carrie, oh, you picked the worst time to go to the bathroom, man. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Wait, who's listening? <laughs> <laughs> and so he says, thus he would have seen the fall of the Empire and Vader and the Sith. And he says, it's mad, but it's possible. Oh, wow. So, and then he also says very kindly that he really enjoyed episodes 30 and 31. Thank you so much. Which ones Nick. are those again? Just our last two episodes. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I replied to him, and I just kind of let him know that we were going to read this on air, and, and I pointed out that in in the Star Wars Lego universe, right, there's Jack 14 who is a Force-sensitive clone, remember? Um, and what is it, Dooku and Sidious made him, right? They put some Force, and some midichlorians into... And, um, uh... Yoda was trying to get him, and Dooku was trying to get him mm -hmm. from each other, Yep. and, uh... He just ran away. That's right. That's right. He ran and away. he didn't work for any. So I said, I don't know, you know, how this would work because as far as we know in canon, clones, you know, were never force sensitive, but I said they could probably figure it out. I mean, whatever. They could just write a story about it and say how, you know, Sidious, uh, well, actually, 
Nick replied, and this is what he said. He said, good point about that. Uh, however, what if during the cloning process, Snoke was given force powers by Palpatine? A bit like how Palpatine and Plagueis created Anakin, right? That's one of those theories we've talked about before. How Plagueis could manipulate the midichlorians to create life. So he said Palpatine might have been looking for an apprentice at the time, and he randomly picked Snoke. Just a random clone, right? But he never got to communicate with his lost apprentice until it was too late. And he picked Maul instead, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. You know, honestly, like, I think a lot of theories are really interesting. And, I th- and this one, you know, it makes you think. It's kind of like throwing, like, a bunch of stuff at a wall and seeing what sticks. Like, honestly, like, one of these theories is going to be right, you know? Like, episode eight's going to come out and we're going to find maybe in episode eight, maybe episode nine, we're going to find out who Snoke is, like if he is someone who, you know, from before basically, and someone will have guessed it correctly because people are guessing everything, you know, like (laughs) is Snoke Boba Fett? Is Snoke Boba Fett? People have guessed it. You know, is Snoke uh, Jocasta new? Well, that's probably (laughs) the Jedi librarian. People have probably guessed it. But so, I mean, I, I, I don't know. They're fun theories and I, I love, I love hearing them and, uh, I'm happy to read them out on the show because, um, it's fun and fun is good. So thank you again. Rated F for fun. Yes. This episode is rated F for fun. All right. Well, let's head on over to the news. So, like I said, not a lot of news today, but I did want to just read a couple things that actually came out of C2E2 that we talked about last C2E2. last week, uh, Chicago Comic and Entertainment Expo. A um, couple things that I missed last time. Uh, so, first of all, there was a Delray sampler that kind of gave little samples of some of the books that are coming up, and it also gave um, just kind of an over overview of all the things that are coming up. And in the overview, it kind of gives us a little bit of what aftermath, uh, life debt is going to be about. So it says that, uh, Nora Wexley. So that's snaps mom. Remember? Um, so she kind of at the end of, at the end of the first aftermath book, um, it ended up all these people kind of who were in the book came together and they kind of have a team now and they're hunting down the Imperials. Okay. Like, that's kind of what was established at the end of the book. So Nora and her, and Snap, right, is part of this. And there's an ex-Imperial named Sinjir. And there's Wait, a... a person who used to be in the Imperial? Yep, yep. And there is a bounty hunter whose name I cannot remember. Um, and like, like a com- uh, some, like, resistance commando or rebel commando or something. Um, I can't remember all their names. It's been a while since I read it. But it says that... Uh, Nora, Temin, and Sinjir, and the rest of the crew will face their most difficult trial yet when they join forces with Han Solo and Chewbacca to free the Wookiee homeworld of Kashyyyk. And we might just discover the true identity of the mysterious Grand Admiral who seeks to control the Empire from the shadows. So I think we've talked about that before, too. At the end of the book, there was this Grand Admiral on the ship who who is leading the whole thing. He's, he's, the, he's the person who's you know, the head of the Empire shortly after the Battle of Endor. So we don't know who that is. That could be Snoke. I don't think it is. Could be someone else. So we also learned uh, in this Delray panel, or in this book panel, um, Elizabeth Schaefer of Delray Books said about Aftermath, this book finds them being a team. So this is called Nora's team, Nora Wexley's team, right? Mm. They're being a team and suddenly getting interrupted by Princess Leia when she discovers that Han and Chewie are in a bit of trouble. Before Han can settle down with Leia, he has one last debt to pay. This is a story of our favorite BFFs on Chewie's home planet. So a story of Han and Chewie on Kashyyyk. And I find it interesting because she said Han has one last debt to pay. And people are always talking about Chewbacca's life debt to Han. And this is saying that Han has one last debt to pay, I'm assuming, to Chewie. So, speaking of life debt... Let's head on over to Canon News. The Canon News song, yeah. The Canon News song, yeah. 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 All right, so The Force Awakens Visual Dictionary says that Chewbacca is 234 years old, and he's not yet into middle age. Okay, so that's just a little bit of info at the beginning here. So that would mean that Wookiees live to over 500 years old. Okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, it also says that, quote, as a long-lived Wookiee, 
The decades that Chewie has spent at Solo's side are scant payment. That means scant means a little, you know, just a little bit of payment. Of the life debt that Chewie feels he owes Solo. So Chewie feels like he owes Han Solo a life debt. What do you guys think a life debt is? What does that even mean? Anna? Um, I think I've already, I think I already know this. It mm-hmm. basically means, like, I think Jar Jar said that he owed Qui-Gon a life debt for mm-hmm. saving his life. Yep. It's basically when someone saves your life, you have to pay them back with something. How do you, how, how do you pay them back? Like, wh- you what basically the- just go with them and just help them. You stay with them for the rest of their life, trying to protect their life? Yeah. Is that it? Is that what you think it is too, Liam? Yeah. So that is, I think, the general consensus from fans about what a life debt is. In Legends, that is what life debt means. I think there's a lot of assumptions now about canon that it means the same thing it did in Legends. But I don't think it does. Because, also in the Visual Dictionary, it says, Chewbacca returned to Kashyyyk once it was free from Imperial rule and reconnected with his larger family. Wookiee familial bonds are strong, but occur in a timescale alien to humans with their shorter lifespans. As such, it is relatively easy for Chewbacca to spend decades adventuring in the galaxy away from his people. When Han Solo returns to a life of smuggling, Chewbacca feels honor-bound to follow his trusted friend down this path and offer what help he can. So this means, I think, it's pretty clear, It means that Chewie left Han. Chewie went to go live on Kashyyyk. Han was doing his own thing with Leia. They had a kid. They raised a kid. Things went wrong. Han went back to smuggling, and Chewie came and joined him. So, life debt cannot mean... But he said that he had a bigger crew when he got the Rathtars. Sure. Well, Chewie was part of that crew. Yep. I know, but he said he had a bigger crew, so I'm just wondering who that is. Oh, sure, that's kind of a different question, but yeah, that is that. I I would like to see that story too, but but what I'm saying is that Chewie did not was not with Han. There was a pretty long period, it sounds like, where Chewie was not with Han. So life debt cannot mean that you have to stay with this person and make sure they don't get harmed, right? It has to mean something else. At least to Chewbacca, it means something else. So I hope in Life Debt, we will find out what Life Debt actually means in this new canon. All right, well, let's go have a joke. Laugh <laughs> it up, fuzzball. And here's another joke from Chris from Star Wars KidsCast. He sent me quite a few. I think we're going to have some from him for the next couple episodes also, which honestly just takes the pressure off of me. Thanks, Chris. Really appreciate it. What cuddly bear flies X-Wings for the Resistance? I don't know. know. Chocolate thing? I don't know. Winnie the Pooh. Oh, my gosh. See, I told you. (laughs) I told you we'd talk about Winnie the Pooh later on in the episode. Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> uh, good stuff. Thanks, Chris. Really appreciate it. I love Chris's jokes. Yeah. yeah, they're good ones. Yeah, they are good ones. They're not not like your old man's, though. What Kelly Bear flies excellent for the resistance? Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, good enough to repeat. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> I'm not I'm not bitter at all. They just changed that very last letter from O to All right, stop. Okay, all right. Winnie the Pooh. Oh, yes. Winnie the Pooh. Oh, you kids are going to give me a complex. Okay, let's head on over to the question and answer council. The question and answer council, where we ask questions and answer them. It's the question and answer council. It's the question and answer ca- council. Okay, I have a question. I don't know if you guys do, but I do. Of all the scenes in The Force Awakens, which one do you most want to freeze frame through when we get the Blu-ray? Click, click, 
So what do you think? Yeah, like what 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 scene do you want to see everything in and go really just slowly through and see it all? I can I can say that. What Kylo Ren uh, in front and his um Kylo Ren and the Knights of Ren in front of Rey when she's in her vision. Ooh, in the vision. I totally yes. want to see those. Is there yeah. anybody standing in the background alive? Mm-hmm. Oh. Or if they're all dead or something. Oh, how about you, Anna? Or maybe someone oh. running away. Maybe that's Someone Luke. running away. Oh, maybe it's Luke. I don't know. Maybe. I want to freeze frame the whole entire vision. Although Liam brings it up, the whole entire vision. The whole entire vision. Yeah, just yeah. frame by frame, frame by frame. Awesome. I cannot wait to freeze frame. Every single scene in Maz Kanata's castle, at least in the upper part, when they're in the bar and stuff. Good All job. the different aliens. Good job. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Looking forward to that. Do Do either of you have a question for the question and answer council? No. I no? think I have a question. Okay, Anna, what's your question? Um, what is your favorite, basically, like, it can be any... Any alien in The Force Awakens? I think that's kind of easy. Favorite alien? Do you mean like a character like, or a type of alien? Like, no, like a character. Favorite alien character in yes, The Force Awakens? I think that's kind of easy. Liam thinks it's easy. Who is it, Liam? Who do you think it is? Chewie. Chewie? Yeah? I thought you would say Maz, but oh. I, I was going to say Chewie th- too. Oh, really? Yeah. So your answer is Chewie? Yeah. Um... <laughs> Hmm. You know, I will go with Maz then. Hey, it's like Daddy. <laughs> it's like Come on. it's like when we play Battlefront, and I want to. I always, always want to pick a different blaster than you. <laughs> hey, why do you need to take a different blaster? I mean, they're all good. I know, except but it's, Hans. I don't like Hans. You don't like Hans. Yeah. Neither hmm. the short, really, really short range. Oh, let's not get off on a Battlefront tangent. <laughs> so Anna, mine would be. It's really hard, but. Chewie, I think, is better in different movies than this movie. And I would pick Maz. Awesome. I do not disagree. I love Chewie, but I also love Maz. I don't disagree with your Maz pick. But I do disagree with you that Chewie is not as interesting in this movie as he is in other movies. I think this movie, more than any of the other movies, Chewie shines. I think Chewie is really interesting in The Empire Shakes Back. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's true. I mean, we see him fixing 3PO, and he's really, you know, trying to, yeah, protect Han. And mm-hmm. That's true. We do see a lot of emotion from him there. Yelling? Don't. Well, just, I very, very disagree with Anna and oh. you. I think Chewie's more interesting than any movie and more kind than any movie in this movie. Oh, That's yeah? what Daddy was saying. Oh, I think so, too. I think he's. Oh. I think The Force Awakens is Chewie's best movie. Um, and yeah. Anna thinks no. Yeah, Anna, Anna think prefers Empire. Like, I I don't know. That's it's okay. really hard, but I think I like Chewie in both in all of the movies. Yeah. yeah. In all of them, I can't pick a favorite. Yeah. But I think he's really good in The Empire Strikes Back. Okay. All right. Fair enough. We are each of us entitled to our opinions. Yep. And. We don't even have to explain why we have them. You like Chewie, I like Miles, and I like Smaz. If it's, if it's, if we want to explain why we have them, we can. I think it is more fun and more interesting if we explain our opinions, but we don't have to. Um, you know, it's okay to just think something, right? Mm-hmm. It's up to you to ask yourself why you think it. It's not up to other people to ask for proof. You can't prove an opinion, right? So sometimes I, when I, when I re-listen to these episodes and, um, and I hear, you know, one of you kids say something and I, I kind of disagree with you. Right. And I might say, oh yeah, but what about this? Um, it, it feels to me like I'm trying to like change your mind or, or I'm trying to like get you to think my opinion is right. No, you're and, just, you're just telling us like what your opinion is like. Yeah. Like, you're explaining your opinion, like we do. Like, yeah. oh, yeah, what if, mm-hmm. like, what if the Snoke is Darth Vader or Yaddle. something? Like, what if Snoke yeah, is Yeah, what if, what if Snoke is Yaddle? Yeah. I mean, it would make sense. Okay. And then we're like, no, no, like, <laughs> well, what if Snoke is Yaddle? I sure. mean, it could make sense. We don't know if Yaddle died or not. 
<laughs> I'm, I'm just taking random things. You probably never have guessed <laughs> that, is, that, but I'm just taking random things. <laughs> that's true. Um, so, yeah, so I just want to make sure that, you know, everybody listening to, I don't know, I just, for some reason, I, I'm pretty sensitive about it because I don't want to, like, make it seem like I'm trying to make you think how I think, you know, like, that's not... You're not. Okay, well, I'm glad you, that you think so, Anna. Thank you. Liam, you're just silent over there, so you must think know. that I... You must think that I try to make you think what I think. No. <laughs> okay. I just don't know. Okay, that's okay. You don't I, know, I, like I, you're not... I, 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 I don't think you're doing it, but mm -hmm. if you think you're doing it, you might be right. No, I don't think I'm doing it either, but I think it sounds like I'm doing it sometimes. And I just want to make sure that you're people not. don't not. think that I am, I you're guess. Not. Yeah, okay. All right. So, I think it is uh, time for something. Uh, do you guys know what it's time for? No. No? It's no. not time for... Winnie the Pooh and Tigger 2 and Kangaroo to attack. Mm, what's the villain? There's no villain in Winnie the Pooh. Um, let's see. Let's just say to attack Rabbit Base. Because Rabbit's kind of a curmudgeon and I could never stand him when I was a little kid. So uh, it's not time for that. It's time for. Stop the lump! <laughs> All right, well, this question, again, comes from Star Wars Trivial Pursuit. You know, I was looking up uh, Trivial Pursuit to see whether or not there was more than one because I wanted to, like, specify which one. So this is uh, this is the first one that came out. This is just the original trilogy, and then it has a couple questions about Episode One, like, behind-the-scenes stuff because Episode One hadn't come out yet. Um, and then I looked up to see if there was any more, and there was an edition that came out before Revenge of the Sith, and it had DVDs with it, so like some of the questions were on a DVD and you could play like a scene and then it would ask you a question about it. But it came out before Revenge of the Sith, which means it didn't really have a lot of Revenge of the Sith questions either. Which means that there is no Trivial Pursuit for the saga films as a whole. And I kind of hope that they come out with one once like episode 9 comes seven. out or something. Or, or just 7. Yeah. yeah. Because they're fun. Ooh, anyway, so... We are in a stump the lump segment, so let's uh, let's stump the lump. Okay. All right. Liam, I'm going to ask the question. Okay. Okay. What were the odds of Han and Luke's survival during the Hoth night, according to R two D two? Oh. Uh, approximately. Was it approximately? You don't. You can say that, but you don't have to. Does it say approximately? No. <laughs> I'm asking for hands. Um, we would have given it to you. I don't even. I don't even know. Just, I'm just so guess. bad at memorizing numbers, you guys. I'm gonna say seven thousand to one. Seven hundred and twenty-five to one. Seven hundred. Okay. Well, I got the that seven was right. So good, Daddy. I got the seven right. That was so good. <laughs> he didn't do it. He did. What did you say? I said seven thousand. Yeah. Then that <laughs> yeah. wasn't good. No, I Sorry. was way off by the number, but I knew I, I had a feeling it started with seven, but I'm just really bad with numbers. Um, so you guys found my fatal flaw. So basically, if you Hi, ever lump. if you ever want to stump me, yes, exactly, I'm the lump. You're I'm the, the lump. lump. All right. You're lump. You're a big lump of fur. <laughs> yep, that's me. Hi, lumpy. All right. Well, I wish we had a shout out today to the first person who left us a review on iTunes, including. <laughs> somewhere in the review, but we don't have one yet. So remember, this is a reminder, the first person to leave that review, and just remember that in the review, it doesn't have to be, you know, anywhere in the review, no matter where you want to put it, the, the, the name just has to appear once in that review. And that is, again, of course, I mean, like I have to remind anybody, that's the name of the Tusken Raider who, you know, knocked Luke unconscious, obviously. Uh, obviously. And, <laughs> and you spell that U-R-O-R-R-U-R apostrophe R apostrophe R. So, the first person to leave that review gets digital download codes for the complete five-issue Chewbacca comic series. And, of course, also a shout-out on the show. All right, thank you for listening to episode 32 of Children of the Force. If you'd like to reach out to us online, you can contact us via Twitter. At Force Children. On Facebook, we are... Children of the Force. Our email address is... 
forcechildren at gmail.com. Our website is www.childrenoftheforce.com. And if you want to leave us a voicemail, and please do because we love voicemails, go to speakpipe.com slash children of the force and leave us one right from your computer. As Chancellor Palpatine would say, do it. And finally, again, leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher or anywhere else you listen to us. Uh, even if you don't get a you know comic code, uh, just do it because uh, you like us. And it'll make it easier for more people to find us. So just leave us that review and uh, you know make it a good one. Or Kylo Ren, right before he gets his face slashed by Ray, will call Ray's friend a... Traitor! Yes. All right, for Children of the Force, I'm Al. I'm Anna. I'um, I'm Liam. And may the Force be with you. <laughs> Ooh, nice lightsaber sounds. That's good. So at the end. So you know what we didn't uh, you know what we didn't talk about at all in this episode? What? You guys? Rogue One. Why? Are you happy now? No. Huh? I'm not happy. Are you happy? No. Yeah? No. We didn't talk about Rogue One, huh? Did no. that make you happy because you can't stand Rogue One? You want nothing to do with it? No. Huh? No, I can't stand yeah. Rogue One. <laughs> Can That's what you get. That's what my... you get for saying that you didn't have a fever for Rogue One. I don't have last a fever episode. for Rogue One. Can yep. you end... Poor Rogue One. Can you? Poor neglected Rogue One. Mm. Ah, oh, I you... feel so bad for it. Mm. At the end. Yeah. At the end, can you edit out all of that except the? I want all of this in here, though. I don't know, Liam. Do you think people will know that the is a lightsaber? Do you think they'll know that's what it is? Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> wow, with that big gap where your tooth was, your lightsaber sounds are especially spitty. <laughs> yeah. But they sound better with that tooth gap. That's a huge gap. Okay. <laughs> oh, I don't listen to that. Can we listen to that? Get off me. Get off me. I want to listen to the whole head. We We're crazy kids. No. I hope I recorded this. But nice. You did.